You're listening to The Secrets of Lost in Space, brought to you by the StarQuest Podcast Network and our many generous supporters. Danger, Will Robinson. This is Will Robinson of the 24th Colonist. What is that? It's okay. Will. We may not be safe here. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Lost in Space, where we will discuss the deeper layers and meaning of the new Netflix series, Lost in Space. Joining me today on the panel are Lisa Handy. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Don. Great to be with you. And Cy Kellett. Hi, Cy. Hi, Don. How are you? Great. So, uh... Thanks for joining us today. Uh, th- this is going to be a great discussion because we're talking about um, a great, a great sh- new show that is based on an old show and a not so old movie um, that was a remake of it, uh, Lost in Space. So just to kind of, you know, what what are we talking about here? In case you don't know, um, Netflix has released a new a remake of the 1960s series Lost in Space. It's uh, Based, it's about a family who is uh, traveling in space. They're sort of homesteaders in space, heading to a a new colony, and things go wrong, and the family has to adapt and survive. Uh, and there's all kinds of obstacles and interesting things that happen. Uh, now, the original series uh, starred Guy Williams and June Lockhart, and it, it featured the the characters featured uh, the dad, Professor John Robinson, the mom. Maureen Robinson, Major Don West was the, uh, the the second in command, sort of the military guy on board. Uh, and then their kids, Judy, uh, their oldest daughter, their son, Will, and their daughter, Penny. And then this uh, another character who, jo- who, who sort of, I think in the originally was stowed away on board, um, Dr. Smith, um, who was a great comic character of the time. And then the, the sort of the, 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 other member of the cast was a robot. And for the time back in the sixties, it was, a, it was amazing. Um, but it's, it was sort of, um, it's a sort of a classic theme, isn't it? Um, this idea of the, the lot, the family that gets lost, we, you know, or, or castaways. I and mean, we have Robinson Crusoe, uh, famously you have, uh, the, you know, the, the castaway movie with, um, Tom Hanks. Uh, my memory's not what it used to be. Tom Hanks and uh, the and then and then you also have a, another movie, uh, movie Swiss Family Robinson, which was a Disney movie from years ago about a family from the I want to say 18th century, 19th century, whose sailing ship cr- uh, they crash onto this island and they have to survive as a family. It's sort of a theme, isn't it? It's a sort of a perennial story. Um, yes, I I, w- I think we, we, the fact that you started with Robinson Crusoe. It, it's a it's a very modern story, I think, because it has to me, it has the implications of an escape from the modern world. It has an escape from the kind of I don't know the way society is um, is poses a difficulty to modern people because it, it gives us all these comforts and everything. But it also takes away many of the challenges of life. And I, I that's what I thought why Robinson Crusoe, I think, right at the beginning of the modern era is this very popular work because it has this fantasy element of breaking out of as much as we love the modern world, breaking out of the drudgery of everyday modern life. 
But isn't this particular series um, building on that even more because you've got the elements of, you know, they have to escape because of the uh, cataclysmic event that's happened that, you know, is, is really kind of forcing them off into a new um, a new refuge, or if you will. Right. Um, yeah. And it's and so there's a there's a so first, by the way, as always, when we talk about this. This show will be full of spoilers, so you have not yet watched the series. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Go watch the series. Come back and listen to the rest because we're going to spoil it for you. Um, but it's interesting that we have the cataclysmic event, this object that I, that I think by the end of the series, we have a sense of this isn't just a random object that hit that they call the Christmas right. star, which is interesting. Um, the only reference to faith in that series. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's, and that's an interesting point. Um uh, so it crashes uh, on the planet, causes a worldwide environmental disaster. And and so some people are trying to escape the planet to its colony at Alpha Centauri, the Robinsons among them. But there's also a sort of a, a smaller cataclysm in the Robinson family itself, which is the yeah. the, the, the estrangement of mom and dad. Dad is a, a Navy SEAL who's always deployed. Um and mom's holding down the fort at home with the kids. And so there's this estrangement that that has occurred. Um, and it's this disaster in space that sort of forces them back together again by the end of this. Um, Do either of you ever see a, f- a few years ago a show on PBS called Frontier House? I so, don't think I saw it, no. I kind of really enjoyed it. Oh, wait, I remember. Tom, I'm sorry. I do remember that. Yeah, Yeah. you're kind of sent out to live on the frontier as a family. Yeah, so they had um, had a family from, like, like from some uh, Malibu or something that's really a a wealthy family. Then there was this other guy uh, who was single and his future father-in-law building a house, and then his fiance would come and they'd get married there on frontier house and uh, and they'd have to build their their own house and uh, there was like several families and 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 all this stuff and it was it was very interesting because at the end they would then go home and reflect on it and the, the this family from I want to say Malibu it was on the ocean in California so I I'm going to guess that cuz that's the only very wealthy ocean thing I can think of in California uh <laughs> but uh but they go home and they're back. There's four of them, mom, dad, uh, son, daughter. And they're, they they talk about how when they were living in this one room with nothing except what they could build with their own hands, how much closer together they were than when yes. they're at home in their million dollar mansion and always on the other side of the house from each other and communicate only through text messages, even when they're in the same building. Um, and I think that's sort of the. The the feeling we're getting we get from from this and similar shows or or Little House on the Prairie, which is another great book and TV series and other things like it is that you know when when we're under pressure when there's a struggle to survive we get closer together and I think that's what we're seeing here right oh absolutely you see that relationships repaired you know between the siblings too um what. You know, they never lose their kind of playful sibling rivalry, but you see them really turning to care for each other. And um, it's like that's all they have um, is their family. Yeah, right. The show is structured around these flashbacks. Uh, we, we start uh, what we call in media res, you know, right in the middle of the action uh, as the ship is crashing. Uh, but we get these flashbacks to sort of lead us up to the events that that bring them to where they are. Um the sort of thing that lost 
you know, pioneered back in the day, um, which is another castaway show. And, uh, and we see in the, in the flashbacks, the strained relationships versus, I mean, nothing's perfect right off the bat, but eventually where they get to as a family. Yeah, I do think, and I, I have to go back to, I think that there's something about modern life that is isolating. We all feel it, that that had has, even though we're among other people all the time, there's something about it that's isolating. And we love these, uh, they're kind of fantasies of escape from the modern problem. And, and you can't get out of it without some kind of crisis kind of forcing you out of it. Right. I just saw an article uh, yesterday as or within the past couple of days as recording this uh, talking about millennials are the loneliest generation. Uh, they they yeah, feel the, the right. most lonely. And, uh, and I wonder if that's part of the appeal of a of lost in space. I mean, in some sense, you know, a lot of people feel lost in space right here on Earth. <laughs> if right. you know what I mean. That's a great point that lost being lost in space is kind of being found in a way that it's back when they're back on Earth that they're lost. Right. Exactly. They they're lost in space, but they found something. I mean, if to be kind of, you know, cheesy, they found each other, you know. Um, so one of the things that that makes this uh, series different from the original Lost in Space, um, uh, part of it is, is the way it's structured. It's not separate standalone episodes like most especially new Netflix series like this is it's one story told over 10, you know, divisions, ch- yeah. 10 chapters, I guess, suppose it is. And, uh, but another thing that makes this story different as a structure is they're not alone in this. Um, they're, they're a part yeah. of a larger group. Um, so the first couple episodes, they are by, by themselves. They, um, so, you know, so if you've watched this, you know that uh, their Jupiter 2 was part of a larger ship uh, and each family had their own uh, sub ship connected to it. And then a disaster happens and they all break off and they all crash land separately on the planet. And uh, and so for the few episodes, they're just the family, which is, I think is a good idea. It keeps it helps us develop that story. And then we introduce the people that they encounter uh, along, you know, along the way. In fact, maybe that might, might not be that many episodes as I think about it. It seemed longer, but maybe it was even the second episode or the third. Um, but uh, so there's other people that they're they're encountering. I was surprised by that. Yeah. That I, I was like, wait, what? Like, that was a real departure <laughs> from the. Original. Did you see that? Did you see the original series? Have you seen any of those old ones? Oh yeah, I've been. I'm one of those kids that, that was. Uh, I was a, more a kid in the '70s than the '60s, so I saw him in reruns. Yeah. So I, it's kind of like a disjointed, out of order kind of way that I got to see them. Yeah, I I saw the, the same way uh, back then, and uh, and in fact, it's been so long since I've seen them that it's it's just vague impressions of of those episodes. Yeah. Um, I went back and watched the the first couple. You can find them on YouTube, and hmm. they're interesting um video quality that way but because i didn't see it growing up um but i was a huge like little house on the prairie fan um and some of the other shows that you mentioned and i found it interesting that in the original it's actually similar to this and that um there's sort of a, 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 a heightened action that happens at the end of every episode 
And so it's not like Little House on the Prairie where it's sort of like the family, everything you could go into any episode and, and see kind of like this pattern of events and, you know, the kids are aging or whatever, but you don't have to have seen all the others. But with this, the original, you definitely needed to be there for the start of the action right. and to see what was going to happen. And then um, the other characters, I think, I mean, the no matter which version I've seen, which is the original now, also the movie, and then now the Netflix series, that Dr. Smith character is just creepy anyway you cut it. So uh, let's talk about Dr. Smith. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll come back to the family, but the Dr. Smith um, played in this, in this incarnation uh, by Parker Posey uh, in, in the original, it was played by Jonathan Harris, which they've kind of saved the name because uh, in this, it's the, the, the character is actually her name is actually Julie Harris, who takes on the identity of Doctor Z Smith. Um, by the way, did either of you catch who the actor was who was playing the the Doctor Zachary Smith that she took the identity from? I didn't catch it, but I did look it up. Yeah, and it's very interesting. Yeah, me Will, too. Right? Yeah, it was it was <laughs> Billy Mummy, Billy Mummy, Mummy. I forget how you pronounce it, but who played Will Robinson in the original? So the full circle, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so Parker Posey does a great job with a very difficult character in one sense, because they could have just turned, uh, Dr. Smith into the bad guy. And that would have been pretty straightforward. But what they did was, is they created a character who's complex because she has her own motivations and certainly the things she does are not right. They're, they're wrong. They're evil or sinful or however you want to put it. Yeah. Um, but yet she has moments where she does the right thing. Uh, especially at the end of this, of this, the season. Um, yeah. And, and I really enjoyed seeing that develop. Um, what, what do you think of, of Parker Posey's, uh, either of you, um, of, of, the, of her portrayal? Well, if I could say, uh, just the, uh, the, the original Dr. Smith, um, when you watched it as a kid, if you were a kid in the seventies and you watched the show out of order, you know, just a, a rerun jumble, he was a very confusing character because in the original series, he was a real bad guy to start. And then he, they morphed him into this comic relief. Yep. So you never knew which Dr. Smith are you going to get? Like, I, I, like he was very confusing as a kid. Like, who is this guy? Like he's funny one week and then another week he's just truly a bad guy. And uh, so that was an odd, like Smith was a wonderful, but very strange character in the first one. In this one, I thought, uh, I mean, Parker Posey is wonderful and she is clearly somewhat disturbed person. She's capable of real ugliness. I mean, like, like the treatment of her own sister, it's just, there's this viciousness to her and uh, she's going to get what she wants, but the, the, then she's in a bind. She then she is a person who needs protection because she knows she's in a very dangerous situation. Right. And every time you think, okay, this is it. They're gonna find out, and she's yeah. done. And she always finds a way to turn it around, into undermine, into kind of she's yeah. a survivor. I mean, she's yeah. she's like the cockroaches after the nuclear war. You know, when everything else will be destroyed, yeah. and there will be Doctor Smith still surviving uh, at the end of it. And it's you know somewhat. Uh, not, I don't know if it's admirable, but it's impressive. 
Well, she's a perfect compliment to Maureen just in that, like, she gives Maureen's character the ability to play mama bear, you know, that Maureen's going to just protect her kids at any, at any cost. And, you know, made me ask myself, like, what would I be willing to do if I was in that situation, you know, to protect my kids? You know, uh, speaking of Maureen, and and uh, I want to kind of talk about Maureen and John's relationship. But one of the things about this that that often happens in in shows today is, um, especially if there's a couple, a married couple, one or the other of the parent or the or the husband or wife will sort of dominate, and they'll be that's the strong one, and that's the one that's reliant. And sometimes it's the the, the mom is the strong one, and the dad's kind of you know useless, or vice versa. But I really felt like they with when they wrote this and then produced it, they re- I feel like it was really balanced. I really feel like they were a true team, even when, at times when they were, uh, you know, estranged, uh, and 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 you know had the trouble in their marriage and all that. I still felt like they were, like they were a really great equal team accomplishing things to save their family because everything was always about we got to save the family, got to save our family, and it, they, you really felt like. They were they were paying every price and sacrificing as much as they can. But it felt like they were really like I was I really enjoyed that balance. Did you catch either of that? Uh, either of you? Oh, definitely. And um, it, it's interesting because you don't clue in right away to the fact that they're actually having difficulties um, in their relationship with each other. Um, you just see, you know, I love the opening scene where they're playing whatever the game is, Crazy Gates or something like that, or Go Fish or whatever yeah. it was, um, that, um, you know, you just see them as a family. And then through the, the vehicle, the flashbacks, we get their backstory. But, you know, it's it's like they're both kind of broken in their own way, too. Um, and um, and yeah, the fact that they love their kids so much is just so evident. Yeah, go ahead. No, I have to say, I I thought that Maureen's character didn't really work in the first episode. This to me was the hardest thing. I had, I really wanted the series to be great, and I wanted, and I and I was going to give it more than an episode's chance. I think, but if I had not been inclined that way, I, I might have not watched it after the first episode because she was so bitter. It wasn't explained why. You know, of course you're going to find out why, but it seems to me she started off so sour in the first episode that you you felt like. I mean, even when the family was in danger, she was just kind of acting like out of bitterness towards her husband. And and she has perfectly reasonable reasons for that. But I didn't think it was a good I thought it was too much in the first episode. I think it's the danger. I wanted to know why why she uh, why she didn't just tell them that the mercury was there <laughs> making it a quiz question. Right. right. <laughs> You know, it's homeschooling out here. Yeah, exactly. That's I felt like a, like back because we homeschool my kids. Like like yeah, I felt like that's what we'd be doing. Uh, not at that moment though. Uh, <laughs> I feel like at the the side that that's a it's a price um, or, a, or or a feature or whatever of the of this style of TV making, which is because it's because they know they're making essentially one long movie. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, that they're willing to let that sort of thing ride. And it can be frustrating as a viewer to kind of see that, especially if you're not doing the binge watch thing uh, to kind of like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not really liking this. So, you know, this person, this character is very important right now. I guess I'll stick it out. Um, I mean, I have a with a regular TV series. I have my my uh, six episode rule. 
any new TV series, I always give it if I'm interested, I give it six episodes. If it uh-huh. doesn't catch me, I'm done. But with where it's only 10 episodes in the season, <laughs> it's got to catch me early. Um, like one yeah. one series, Netflix series, I, I was started watching was uh, Altered Carbon. It's, it's a, a different sci fi one. I watched a couple episodes. And I'm like, it's not grabbing me. I'm, I'm not going to I'm, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. Uh, so the that was thing that's kind of different about this um, version of it. And that's not explained at all, but really significant. in that first episode is um, Judy's character, how her character is so different. And um, uh, right, right. spoiler alert again, just to say <laughs> that John is not her actual biological father. He's the father. He, he's the father she's known and he's her father, but right, um, right. that's completely, I'm wondering to myself the whole first episode of like, hmm, something is a little different. <laughs> about this. So what is it? Yeah. By not explaining that up, right. You know, uh, up front or near the front, it does leave that question. Like who, who is Judy? Like, why yeah, right. she's obviously of a different ethnic background than either of her parents, you know, in that sense, like this, right. this some like uh, African American yeah. or, or Hispanic. And so you're like, well, why is she different? And we get explained later on that and it was kind of a throwaway line that um, her, she had a uh, Maureen had her with someone else before she met John. And yeah. and they kind of left it, left it at that and moved on, whether it was a a, a previous marriage or, uh, you know, out, out of wedlock or whatever it is. And I wonder, is that because they really wanted that actress um, or was there? I, I feel like that it's an intentional, like the entire series is an intentional update in that, you know, if you look at the ethnic diversity of the entire cast, if you look at Maureen's character in this, you know, this amazingly strong, educated woman who in many ways is sort of the, the intellectual leader of the mission and um, that right. they, it's like lost in space for a new generation that reflects the diversity and the times that we're living in. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I really enjoyed as, as a dad myself, I really enjoyed John's character. He was refreshing. Um, he is a dad who um, he's not a, he's not a jerk. He's not dominant, domineering, uh, he's capable. I mean, this guy is a Navy SEAL. It means he, he could do a lot of stuff and he does do it, uh, but he doesn't do it in an obnoxious way. He just takes care of business because he's taking care of his kids and his family. And 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 it just he he's always he's always I don't know, you know, just like Maureen does in her way. You know, she's an engineer and a scientist. He's a guy who, you know, for his, for a living, breaks things. <laughs> I mean, he goes yeah. into dangerous situations and takes care of business. And and I really feel like, you know, it, it appealed to me as a dad to see him being he's a good dad. And I don't get enough of that on in TV shows today. Personally, I just don't feel no, like I get I, enough of that. Right. I agree with you completely on that. His his and he's he's not a perfect dad. He's I mean, he's made a very serious mistake and he's. And he just he doesn't know how to relate always with his kids, which does feel like being a real dad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you're right that the fact that he's not uh, they didn't they didn't promote Maureen as this strong, brilliant woman by making him kind of a useless dolt, which so often you see. Uh, they made him a, a capable partner for her. He's his just his capabilities are different. Right. And the fact that they didn't make his flaw that he was unfaithful. To her. Yeah. That right. that was also a refreshing change in so many ways. Uh, it's that, you know, it's it's also maybe something that that some guys can relate to, which is, is 
he cho- he he feels a calling to serve you know his his country in the military and at the same time felt sort of disconnected or un you know un I think it was either he felt disconnected from family life in the sense of, you know, that that domesticity of home life, you know, compare, you know, connected to his being a Navy SEAL and, and, and that he couldn't reconcile them. I felt like that was sort of the idea that they were trying to they were getting at when they kind of finally had this confrontation about his decision yeah. to reenlist and deploy even after he said he wouldn't, you know, and he admits he did it to get away. Um and that, that's sort of that, uh, you know, the midlife crisis sort of aspect of it. Um, but what do you guys think as dads about the kind of like, I guess it's a really playful relationship between he and Will where towards the end, Will is almost just like busting his chops over the fact that like he is so um, technologically <laughs> less <laughs> savvy than Will is. Yeah. Well, gives Will a chance to shine in that respect a little bit. I think a lot of dads feel uh, technologically inept compared to their they're kids of that age. Um, right. I, I, thankfully, the, I, I don't I don't feel that way because I I'm up on it for because that's what I do. But, you know, I think there are a lot of dads who like they see their kids, you know, with the technology and, you know, uh, you know, I'm old school. I don't I don't know how to use that, but my kid does. But but that that actually brings up another interesting aspect, which is, is uh, Will's relationship to to his dad. Um, which, again, was strange. And now th- this is something I really feel because my parents uh, a divorce when I was a kid and I felt disconnected from my dad a lot. And those times when we had to be together, you know, the dad taking you out on a Saturday because that's his weekend sort of thing, um, felt, you know, it, it always felt awkward and sort of forced. And because this, you know, you, you love your dad, you know, there should be a relationship, but you're not close. And I felt like that was sort of, he, they loved each other and they wanted to be closer, but they had missed something. And I feel like kind of that's why Will ends up connecting so strongly to Robot um, in in that sense. Um, But they come around. And in fact, Will losing Robot was probably the best thing for for John and Will. Um, I don't know how you think, you know, how you think about that, uh, whether I'm off base on that. Well, I think um, I have to say, I think, you know, Will is a, a boy in search of a father. There's no question about it. And he does get some of that from Robot. And it's it's strange that his introduction to the robot is uh, when the robot is vulnerable. And I, I think that's what he needs from his father. His father's a superman in many ways. Like you said, a Navy SEAL. His father gets hit over the head with a with a crowbar at one point and the kid doesn't ask, are you all, ask, are, are you all right? He asks, is he all right? Meaning the guy that hit you, he knows his dad <laughs> did damage to that guy. <laughs> and so it's, it's, a, there's an interesting little thing there about his dad needs to learn to be a little vulnerable with him. Yeah. What it, do you guys think about, um, and when we're talking about Will, about the issue of um, Maureen falsifying Will's uh, ex- acceptance, his test results to get him on the mission? Um, is that just a mom who's like looking at it in any way to like um, rescue her family from what's coming? Or uh, is that her ego? Or what is it? What do you think? Uh, I think part of oh, it that's was. That's an interesting yeah. question because I yeah. kind of. Go ahead. Go ahead. I kind of assumed it was that she was desperate to save her family. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. So I was going to say that um, similar, uh, just that um, I feel like part of it was the the desperation to get the family 
off the planet and, you know, into this program. But I feel like there was also an element of um, the other two children are so capable, especially Judy. And uh, I think there's a sense of Will as the baby. Uh, she's I think she's a little overprotective of him. And and there's a, there's a, I think there's a sense of that, uh, like you said, mama bear uh, with her. You know, she doesn't want to see like Judy is 18 years old and a doctor. You know, I mean, we can get into the whole these the the, uh, the uh, Wesley Crusher syndrome of uh, of this show. But, uh, you know, but. You know, there's this there's this, you know, Maureen is so accomplished the dad is a Navy SEAL. The kids are so the girls are so accomplished. And Will, who's uh, bright and, you know, frankly, brilliant, has this weakness. And I and I wonder if she sees that as a personal failing. Um, you can't, you know, because as a parent, sometimes you can't help but feel like what I do wrong to make my kid not so great uh, in this. Um, so I don't know if that answers. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. I was just curious about that. I was trying to think as a mom, like what I would do in that situation. And, and certainly, I mean, that instinct to want to, if it's, if it's that you got to get off the planet because you know, your lives are in danger, you're going to do anything you can just like we see her later on, you know, doing all kinds of things to protect them. But it also kind of accounts for the fact that John doesn't know about it and he's ready to kind of pick Will up in the opening scenes and throw him into the frozen pond to rescue (laughs) his sister. He doesn't know that he hasn't, that he's frozen up under those circumstances. So, Uh, so I kind of want to talk about that for a sec, just like the kids and their amazing capabilities. And I, I feel like it's a, it's a small weakness of the series but an almost a necessary one for the premise, and which is we have to buy the idea that these kids are capable of the things they're asked to do, that they're like, you know, spacewalks and diving into, you know, dangerous situations under high pressure to fix things while death is on the line. And, you know, it's it's it seems a little hard to to, to buy a bit. You know, like I said, uh, Judy is an 18 year old doctor and even Penny who's not so much technical, but she's, you know, expected to do all these things. And Will just has got Wesley Crusher syndrome, like I said, you know, and it's, it's, it was, it was the hardest uh, bit of um, suspension of disbelief for me out of the series. Uh, how, how did you feel about it? it, it well, just, and the reason I felt like it was necessary is because it's a show about a family homesteading in space. And, you know, you can't have this whole crew of adults, to do this and still have this, this dynamic that, that they want to offer. But how did, you know, how do you feel about, about that dynamic? I, you know, it's funny. I didn't have trouble suspending my disbelief on that because you just, I, 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 it just seems like it's necessary. Like you said, it's necessary to the story. The story doesn't work if it's not there. So, I mean, it does kind of seem like they're super kids in some ways, Part of that you can chalk up to the mom is compensating for the dad's not there. And she's, it seems like the mom is like super preparing her kids all, all the time. And she's been doing this for years. And that's part of why they're so ready. But I think you're, you're right. A lot of it is just you got to keep this family together. Everybody's got to be able to do stuff. Right. I think I love that, that a couple of moments of fragility with the kids, though. It's interesting that like for me, um, 
you know, Penny's, you know, the fact that she grabbed her communicator, like that they kind of reference, you know, is that a cell phone or whatever? Like, <laughs> right. That's what she grabbed on the way out. And she said, it's my job, but it also was like, okay, typical teen reaction. And yeah. just like the fact that she was a real like teen kind of at times a little sassy and, you know, her relationships and everything like that. Um, and then the other moment that I really kind of loved Judy and it was a really sad moment was the moment, you know, she's a physician, she's prepared to handle all of these medical issues, but you know, when she loses her patient, um, that she's made this big decision that, you know, they're going to choose the life of this patient as opposed to rescuing the fuel, you know, in that one episode, I right. remember what number it is, but, um, you know, her emotional reaction as his life slips away um, was to me like a real moment where we really saw how an 18 year old, you know, you might be intellectually prepared to deal with all these crises, but emotionally that her 18 years showed at that age um, when his life was lost. So it's interesting. You know, that's actually an interesting point is, is apart from their, their technical and, and intellectual capabilities beyond their years. Uh, that was one of the things that kind of sent me back is, is that these kids are expected to have emotional maturity way beyond their years. And that would be uh, and I don't find yeah. that necessarily, you know, you know, a, a, a flaw. I think that's actually a key aspect of the of the story is this this they're being called to be emo like I mean, Will has got to be what, at 10, 11 years old and he's called to these very, you know, set aside your feelings and take care of this dangerous thing. And, um, it, 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 it was, that was a compelling aspect for me. It was, um, and, and you see, um, you see the fruit of that. I mean, in his relationship with, uh, with the robot eventually, you know, the way that they bond with one another. Right. So let's talk about the robot because that's a, that's, I think the aspect that is most changed from the original series and even the, the 1999 movie, um, in fact, the the robot in the nineteen ninety movie looked very similar to the original. This robot is, well, it's alien. It's it in the original. The robot was a was part of the Jupiter two equipment, um, but in this case, it is now an alien creature. We could say a, a AI uh, that will encounters. Um, it's it the the alien race that's involved here is at the root of all of what's happening. Uh, that set off the chain of events, the the Christmas star, um, and then the explosion on the uh, the the ship, um, the Resolute, and and all and everything that happens on the on the surface. And then because Will shows the robot, uh, like at first the robot's attacking, but then because the, the the he shows the robot some kindness in a sense, uh, some mercy and compassion, uh, it connects to him. There's sort of a bonding moment. Um, and apparently yeah. it's that's a function of the robot. He's the mouse that pulls the thorn out of the lion's paw. Then then the lion loves him after that. Yeah. And so it's sort of a it's tame. And and it's this interesting element in the series because it's this it's dangerous. I mean, this this very same creature was yeah. killing people on the ship. And and it was um you know, it's it's every moment that it stands there on, you know, guarding will it's it's violence embodied at the ready. You know what I mean? Right. 
Am so, I overreading the symbolism of um, the moment where <laughs> I just immediately went to Abraham and Isaac when when uh, when Will takes the robot up to the top of the cliff after he recognizes that you know uh-huh. this is like a dangerous thing for his uh, other people and he basically kind of sacrifices this this you know robot that he's fallen in love with. It was really a, a moving moment. You get a sense that Will doesn't have a lot of friends and and especially now that he's, you know, in space on the way to this colony, that he's a lonely kid uh, and that this robot is the friend and father that he's been missing. And 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 it's it's it it does show some emotional maturity that he's willing to sacrifice this friend for the good of everyone else. Um, and you can see how wrenching it is for him as a as a as a child. Um I really love that lesson, by the way, that that John Robinson leads Will through uh, to teach him, uh, you know, about the cost of the robot when they have to build that cairn, one rock for every yes. person that died. Um, right. There's a price to pay for 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 things, um, and it's that it, was that was John being a really good father, and I yeah. thought that was one of the most emotionally true moments of the whole thing. It worked. Um, it was uh, the. The destruction of the robot, though, was um, I don't I thought it was asking too much of Will. I thought that was but I guess it would in a way it's Will decided to do it himself. But it, it just seemed uh, too much to ask a child to do. Right. Right. And, and, and he decides on his own and goes off to do it. And um, I mean, I get narratively why they needed to do it. They needed to separate him from the, you know, get him connected to the robot, then separate him from the robot so that Dr. Smith could then take control of it. And you have this betrayal, the robot betraying Will in a sense, uh, and then having this moment at the very end where the robot overcomes whatever programming is in it to that, you know, it's bonding programming to reconnect with Will uh, in that moment. Um, And, that's uh, I, I get what you know. So I, I I get what you're saying, and and I understand why they did it the way they did too. Um, yeah, I think it's right. I think it was better than if they had the other colonists sort of band together to destroy it themselves. Right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because there was a betrayal on Will's part too. Yeah. That that the robot had to overcome. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you didn't, and we didn't know until the end. Which way that was gonna go? Um, yeah. So, and then we have um, a few more, you know, a few other elements of this. Well, one thing I have to get over is uh, another another suspension of disbelief. Here they are on this alien planet. There's lots of things out there that are gonna kill you, and the kids just are running around through the forest. You know, <laughs> that was. I'm with you, dog. That was my main problem. Was like they they they're not taking seriously that they're in an area alien world at all. It's like they're in a park. All right. Well, apparently they a park only was... had one day to left to live. So she had to get that kiss. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Well, apparently in this, in this park like planet, there's also lots of roads for the chariot to drive through the forest at high speed. Uh, I'll, I'll give them it. I'll give them that. That's fine. Um, but I, I did like the, the planet and the, and the, the, the milieu, the, the, like the, it was it was alien. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't build a giant alien planet set, you know, that's completely alien. It has to look somewhat Earth like, uh, you know, to, to be because that's just the production problem. But they create enough alien elements, um, things like the uh, the creatures in the the big creature that was that attacked them. 
um, you know, drawn to the moths. Um, but also the uh, the in the well, to put it delicately, in the in the poop cave where uh, they harvested <laughs> yeah. all that of the. Was so that wasn't delicate. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I suppose it's not, it's not very delicate. But how else am I going to say it? But in the cave where they harvested the the uh, the the, the uh, excrement from the uh, blind creatures, I really felt like I haven't seen it yet, but it felt like a vibe from of the the a quiet place. This idea of you have to remain silent uh, or they will yeah. attack. Um, that sort of uh, that tension, but I felt like they kind of dropped the ball a little bit because these they 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 build up these creatures to be you know top level predators. You know the they find every kind of DNA that they've so far surveyed in their you know leavings. Uh, they these are top predators, and then you know they 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 did they but kind they can't of fizzle. See and they can't smell. <laughs> right, right, and you know yeah. they they come out and they hiss at you. We lived in a cave. <laughs> yeah, uh, although I have to say, um, on a family friendly level, the the level of violence and gore was kept low. Uh, this I, I feel like this is a yeah. family friendly show. Um, there's this heightened suspense and tension, and people do die, um, but. You know, the level of violence and, and also sexual matters is what I don't think it was hardly anything apart from some kissing. Nope. Um, right. I, I felt like this was a but, family show. Yeah, I, I thought they went, if I may say, slightly too far in one aspect of that. Like you said, they're facing these super predators and there's dangers all around them. But for some reason, they will not use their replicators to make guns. Like, that's the worst thing you could do. No, do not make a gun. Right. Come on. I mean, the first thing you need there is a gun. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the system is designed to lock up people from making a gun. So the first thing you do is you override the system. I mean, she's the engineer. She, yeah. you, you should be able to, you know, you got to go in and reprogram the system to allow it. In well, fact, it can be done. Right, because the robot did it, uh, uh, it and created that one, the one gun. Yeah, that was the that was a hard thing to to swallow as well. Uh, is, is they wouldn't make the guns, but um, so I mean, but that given that, I, I felt like yeah, I mean, they they and that's one of the reasons I think why the predators didn't you know kill the people in the cave. And they, I mean, some people got hurt, but nobody nobody died in those instances. In fact, only only one. Am I right? Only one colonist dies on the planet. The one who died from being crushed by the the thing falling on him. I think that's I think it's true. Um, I, I think I, that sounds right. Yeah. I yeah. think they were really trying to refrain, you know, hold back and refrain, which I'm OK with. The uh, one um, I can't remember. Oh, the wife of the actual Dr. Smith, the real Dr. Smith. Um, we see him dying in the initial crash. Right. Right. When, um, when the fake Dr. Smith steals his identity. So you have a little bit of a reference to dying there. But right. Well, there's in but, fact, there's a few people that get shot by the robot there. Robot. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, but even then, it's um, it's sort of a bloodless uh, in mm -hmm. that sense, uh, which is which is the Star Trek level of 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 uh, yeah. getting shot by the phaser sort of thing. Um, Dom, did you watch the show with your kids? I didn't. Um my kids are five to eleven, and my eleven-year-old, who's about to turn twelve, is very sensitive to tension and violence. Um, oh yeah, they've seen like Star Wars, for instance, um, right up to the latest one. But um, even then, she has to sometimes run out of the room uh, yeah. during during the most tense parts. Now, my ten-year-old, 
she she's um she's one to be to watch i think she she uh there was a when we watched brave a few years ago she um she during the battle between the bears she was jumping up and down and cheering on the bears fighting so she's one to watch so but did but that's a long way around just saying i don't really watch uh the the stuff with the kids at that uh this especially until i've watched it so mm-hmm. uh I just, that's a good tap yeah so I feel like we've covered a lot of uh, a lot of ground in this discussion. Is there anything uh, left that you all want to bring up that uh, was, um, you know, kind of struck you that we didn't cover? Dom, do you know, are we going to look forward to a season two of Lost in Space? Have you heard anything about that? That is a good question. Um, I haven't heard yet, but given its reception, um, I'm, I'd be surprised if we didn't. Um, Netflix, you know, handles uh, this sort of stuff differently than than the t- regular networks does. Do do networks do? I can agree my verb and subject. <laughs> um, and they, uh, so we may not hear for a bit on that. But uh, I, I would be surprised. I, I know that. I mean, the way they've structured this, it's certainly um, structured for uh, multiple seasons. And, and well, maybe we'll talk about that for a sec. We, where do you think the story is going to go from here now that they've launched and they're back with the Resolute? Um, oh, wait. No, wait. What am no, I saying? They're I thought, not back with the Resolute. Right. They got sent I, off. I, 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 actually, I thought that was a great ending because yeah. it's as if you're now at the – like you said before, it was odd when they were with all these other people when that's not what the original TV show was. It's as if the very last moments of this series – launch you into where the other series started like now that this is really like lost in space right that's true yeah i can't, I can't believe i forgot the how, how it ended they they get they get uh sucked into this other uh, this place that's far away from the resolute um in this uh star system that the robot has previously told will is dangerous um presumably maybe his home uh, system i feel like the idea is to un unspool unwind some of the 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 premise here of you know what was the christmas star that that crashed into earth why was the robot attacking well we know why the robot was attacking the um uh the the resolute which was because the engine that was driving the resolute had been taken from the alien craft that was the christmas star that it crashed on Earth. I think that was. Well, we don't find that out until the very end, right? Right, right. Um, spoilers again, but uh, <laughs> but we, yeah, we don't find that to the very end, and that's and and that was the the jump in technology that surprised Maureen, uh, and we saw in the flashback. Um, and this is and we and so we we're I think we're left to suppose that the, this is what drew the alien creature there because it wanted to take back what belonged to its people. Um, you know, and so the the robot got interrupted right. in that. Um, so, so actually, I think that's where we go from from here. If we get another season, is as we get more of they're now on their own, um, uh, and with Doctor Smith, and and we get, I think we'll end up with a feeling that's probably more like the original series than yeah. than we've had so far. I have to say, I liked. I I wonder if other people thought it was corny or liked the fact that. The one line that everybody knows from the original is "Danger, Will Robinson." <laughs> yes, and that this whole series ends with Will Robinson saying "Danger." I thought that was great. I yeah. loved it. 
Yeah. I, 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 in fact, I love the little callbacks everywhere to the original series that they, they paid some homage to, to it. The, the, the first time you hear the theme music, um, for lost in the original lost in space, um, that they've incorporated and the robot saying danger will Robinson and just the various elements that they've, they really call back to the original. They sort of nailed the voice of the robot too. It's very similar to me. It sounded very similar. Yeah, well, the original the original robot had a you know very uh, much more you know, human voice. Is that deeper? As you hear yeah. in the in the intro that I played, I, I got I got the original Danger Will Robinson at the beginning, and then this is a, you know they you know obviously with more technology we we get a little more uh, uh, mechanized robot-y. robot body <laughs> exactly. But uh, but yeah, and and the the design I I like the design of the robot because it makes it more mobile. Um, the, the old robot was on I treads. Know. Um, so the, I, 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 I don't know, it, but if it feels by turns, both threatening because of its bulk, its size and the claw like hands, but the head, the face, because of the roundness. Wonderful. Yeah. Our, our, you know, our, our human, you know, phys- our, our reaction to roundness is cuteness. You know, that's our natural reaction. Um, because like baby faces and puppies and kitties, they're all round and, and, and smooshy. Uh, and that's kind of what you get from the robots um, face is, you know, even though it's not an actual face and it's the sort of indistinctness. Um, I like that they kept the lights as an mm-hmm. element because the original robot had lights, a warning light on the front that and, and when it talked, it flashed. Um, and that was a key element of the original robot. And they've kept some of that c- communication through through the light on it. So uh, I really enjoyed, yeah, I like the robot in this one. So, uh, and, yeah, go ahead. So we, we might also see um, just looking forward, you know, um, you have West character and um, with um, yep. well, also oh, yeah. Dr. Smith. So it's like, what's going to happen in those relationships? I don't know. Was it, I mean, it's kind of hinted at in the early episodes of the, the original series that, there's a lot of flirtation going on between Judy and uh, Don West. Does, yes. Does anybody think that? I wonder if they, the lessening of her age, making her 18 here and, and letting us know she's 18, if that, you know, kind of cuts off the possibility of that in the future here. I out don't. Space. Yeah. You're out in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're homesteading on the frontier. Uh, right. I, I think they very intentionally made her at least 18, to put it that way. I yeah. mean, she's 18 is young enough to be a member of the family and not have started a new life on your own. Um, but yet you're an adult and that avoids any ickiness in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn's age, I'd say, yeah, I don't know how old the actor actually is, but I'd say they're probably trying to make him late 20s, mid to late 20s. Maybe. And he's, he is different. I mean, in that he's like a kind of this like mercenary mechanic guy, as opposed to like this heroic, you yeah, know, right. like major like pilot person. So that's an interesting change too. It'll be right. fun to see what happens with him. Yeah. I liked, I liked Don and I liked at the, that last episode where Don and, uh, and, and John Robinson, they have this moment where John sort of becomes sort of a surrogate dad to, to, to Don and but there's also sort of a a a, a needling you know guy to guy relationship there as well you know like are you crying 
<laughs> he kind of, he, he's trying to get him to cry, and then he kind of needles him for crying. <laughs> and uh, and I, it was that was a nice moment. Um, I mean, John, John Robinson again. How awesome! Survives a, blow, a spaceship blowing up. I mean, you know who doesn't? Yeah, right. <laughs> um. So, uh, uh, oh, and one last bit, Lisa. You mentioned um, the one of the very few faith elements was the mention of Christmas star, but there was also very interesting Doctor Smith's Chris, uh, Saint Christopher medal that she had. Oh yes. Oh. Um, and right. very interesting. So Saint Christopher, who, as it turns out, historically may not have actually existed or not. Uh, but has has uh, traditionally in Catholic circles been the patron saint of travelers. Uh, and uh, in this case, you know, these people are traveling further than anybody else uh, out there. And so it's interesting that St. Christopher sort of played a role. Now, she used the medal, you know, she pretended that it had sentimental value and used it as a way to to throw Don West off and to, to take advantage Um but uh, I thought that was an interesting element to throw in there. I mean, it could have been anything, but they chose the St. Christopher medal as the, as the element. I'm, I'm curious, do you, what do you, why do you think that was, why they chose? If it, I mean, it could be just, you know, the, one of the screenwriters or, or director happened to have a, devo, you know, a, a St. Christopher medal they got from their dad or something like that. But uh, do you think maybe there was more meaning to it? Was that I metal know. hers, or did she steal it from the real Doctor Smith? She stole it. She took yeah, it from from Doctor Zach's, the real Doctor Smith. Yeah, because it's in the picture. You know, when they show the picture of the real Doctor Smith and his wife, it's in it's in the picture. So she's totally being manipulative with it. Um, so I can't. I don't know what to make of it, except that the original Doctor Smith, the one who died, he was religious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least he had a, a devotion. Um, okay. Interesting. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else in my notes. I thought you would mention the chicken too, Don. The chicken, yes. Oh, Don's, yeah, the chicken <laughs> as a metaphor for the uh, the things we save or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, my husband said maybe he's like the Jar Jar Binks of the uh, Lost in Space. There's always <laughs> got to be like the uh, BB2 or whatever the thing is. Like some cute little... Yeah, right. Well, or like something the, to make a stuffed animal out of for Lawson's Or like the chicken from Moana. Yeah, did you? I don't know if either of you saw that. I have I little kids. Oh, there's a there's a chicken who's like so dumb that it eats rocks instead of bird. You know, the chicken feed and <laughs> uh, and and it sort of bumbles through the whole thing. Uh, but uh, I, my kids uh, would would have picked up on that because uh, they love that sh- that movie. Um, okay, so I think. I mean, I think that's it for now. Um, it, you know, actually, I wanted to, to actually one line from Will Robinson. I'm seeing here in my notes at the end where he says, what good is protecting me my whole life if I can't grow up to protect you? Will says to his dad. And I, at that moment, I heard that. I said, you know, that's what every parent wants to hear and dreads hearing because it's that sort of moment where I'm no longer you know, the parent who protects you. You're you're now on your own two feet. And and you're now sort of heading out on your own, and it's scary for as a parent that idea. Uh, Will's awful young to to be at that stage, but um, I just thought that was a really good moment. Uh, it, I think it shows that the writers, I think they kind of understand, they kind of get family. Uh, yes, and it and it was that was real growth for Will too, because Will's a, 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 not a courageous person. I mean, he doesn't have natural courage. Yeah, he it really has to 
he has to find his courage. And I think his his dad and his mom are both really heroic people. And that's good. And so he's taking his place a little bit. He's growing a little bit there and saying that as well. Like, but I can see as a father, um, the, the very, that's a double-edged sword. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, the day when, you know, you have to rely on your kids to take care of you. That's the, that's the day when the, when everything shifts. Um, yeah. So, well, I, I think, I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, and, and frankly, I've had a great conversation with you guys and maybe we can get back together again when season two drops and we can, we can uh, continue the conversation, but, um, but so, so that's it from, from us. And so what did you think of lost in space? The, this new Netflix series, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so let us know by visiting sqpn.com, sqpn.com or the sqpn Facebook page, leave us some feedback. Um, you know, we, we love audio feedback as well. If you can, uh, uh, well, I'll have to set up an email address for the show. I haven't set up as, but secrets at sqpn.com. Send an email to secrets at sqpn.com. That email will be active by the time you, you hear this. Um, and we'd love to get feedback. We're doing these uh, shows on a regular basis about uh, interesting TV shows and movies. If you have a TV show or movie you'd like us to talk about, let us know. We just recently did two episodes on The Good Place, which is a, which was really good. We ought to listen. You ought to watch the show and then and then listen to those episodes. Uh, we're going to be doing obviously a show on Avengers, Infinity War, Solo with Star Wars stories. Lots of great stuff coming up. We've got our other show, Secrets of Doctor Who, uh, which is a regular show. We, we talk about Doctor Who every week. We've got new shows coming online all the time. We have The Catholic Traveler with Mountain Buterak that's coming out soon. And uh, uh, The Pilgrim Life with Deborah Shaben. Uh, that's another one coming out soon. Um, we've got Let's Talk. If you if you remember the Catholic Weekend, Let's Talk is going to be like that, a little different, but it's going to have the same feel and the, hopefully the, a lot of the same folks that you love so much from that. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming, so stay tuned to sqpn.com. Uh, we are very grateful for your support. Um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed to so that you receive all future installments of The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Uh, so until next time, uh, Cy Kellett, thank you for sharing in The Secrets of, the, of Lost in Space. Thanks for having me, Dom. And uh, Lisa Hendy, thank you as well. Thank you so much, Tom, and thanks, Sai. It was great to spend the time with you. You as well. Thank you. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and remember, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs>